I'm Brooke Gurley, and you are listening to Untold Stories, the cases that shaped the civil rights movement, presented by Long Crime. This podcast is the audio adaptation of my video series titled The Untold Stories of the Civil Rights Movement. And now, on to this week's episode. What's up, everyone? It's me, Brooke. Welcome back to The Untold Stories, where each week I look at what I think are some of the most important civil rights cases. I discuss them, break them down, and I let you know why I think they're important. Let's get into the case for this week. So I'm kind of continuing what I did last week about voter suppression because of what's going on in Florida and how the state is mandated essentially what's the poll tax for felons we'll get into that a little later on in this episode but i wanted to stick with voter suppression or disenfranchising black people because i think it's an important issue like i said it's an election year and people are doing all types of stuff and this ain't new so let's just talk about the different ways in which they do that so this week i'm talking about the case of smith versus all right and it deals with what is called white primaries what are white primaries well, I'm glad you asked. Let's get into those. In order to understand why Smith versus Allwright is important, first you have to understand what a white primary is. So at the end of the 19th century, the Republicans were driven out of the South and it was essentially just the Democrats who held power within the South. And so therefore, the Democratic primaries became more important than the general election because whoever won the primary essentially won the general election. So what the white primaries did was say, okay, fine black people, you can vote in the general election, which meant nothing, but you can't vote in the primaries. So the primaries became only restricted to white people, thus white primaries. And black people essentially just had nominal voting power with the general election. But the decision had already been decided during the primaries. So in Smith versus Allwright, this is a case dealing with white primaries. But in order to even understand the significance of this case and what's going on here. You have to back up to even three Supreme Court cases before then. Um, and all of these cases, Smith versus Allwright and the cases I'm about to discuss, happened in Texas. So in 1923, the state of Texas enacted a law that said black people cannot vote in the Democratic primaries. It's straight up like, you can't vote. And a doctor there, a black physician named L. Uh, Lawrence A. Nixon sued. He was like, I'm a member of the Democratic Party. I should be able to vote. This violates my constitutional rights. Um, he sued in the case called Nixon versus Hendon. And it went all the way up to the United States Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, yeah, the state of Texas can't pass this law. It violates your 14th Amendment equal protection. Knock it off. So what did the state of Texas do? It was like, oh, okay, fine. We'll just tweak it a little bit. So instead of us saying, you can't vote in the Democratic Party uh, primaries, we'll just give that power to the executive committee of the Democratic primary, say, you guys decide who gets to vote. And what did the executive committee committee do in the Democratic Party? They said, no, black people can vote. And Dr. Nixon, again, was not having it. He's like, no, 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 we're not going to do this. So he again appeals all the way to the United States Supreme Court. Supreme Court again says, no, 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 Texas. This is still state action. You are violating Mr. N- Dr. Nixon's rights and uh, knock it off. So what did the state of Texas do? Did they say, you know what, we're just going to do away with these white primaries? No, what they did is just allow the Democratic Party to just straight up say, you guys decide whatever you want to do. We're not even going to tell you what to do. You guys are just going to do whatever you want to do. So then the Democratic Party decided, okay, fine. We, you don't have to tell us what we can do. Don't tell us that our executive committee can do this. Because in that case, the, the previous Nixon case, 
Um, the state said, well, you gave power to the executive committee, which was not the full Democratic Party, um, therefore a state action. So then the Democratic Party itself, this private entity said, well, fine, we'll decide how we have our own primaries, and we're deciding to exclude black people. And the case was appealed again in Grovey versus Townsend to the United States Supreme Court. And shockingly, remarkably, the court said unanimously, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's fine. That, yeah, that's fine. You guys can do that. That's completely constitutional because the Democratic Party is a private entity and they can decide whoever is a member of their organization, however they conduct themselves. That's completely fine. And that was in 1935. And that was the law of the land for nine years until we get to this case, finally, right? Smith versus Allwright. And in Smith versus Allwright, again, you have another black doctor. He was a dentist, Lonnie Smith, who was from Houston. Shout out to Houston. He sues again, saying, this all-white primary that the Democrats are running violates my constitutional rights. It's pretty much the same argument that's been going on since Dr. Nixon back in the early 1920s or the mid-1920s was arguing. that The Supreme Court said, yeah, that is unconstitutional. He's arguing it saying they are denying me my equal protection rights and my right to vote. He loses on the lower courts, he sues and gets all the way up to the United States Supreme Court. So those are the facts, of course, when he gets to the United States Supreme Court, who's there to argue his case, none other than my man, Thurgood Marshall, doing what he did, which is arguing these very important Supreme Court cases, dealing with civil rights, and this one he puts up there with Brown versus the Board of Education as an important case the issue. The issue here is pretty straightforward, is whether or not these all-white Democratic primaries violates the 14th Amendment rights of Mr. Smith or Dr. Smith, the holding. The court will, yeah, no, this violates Dr. Smith's 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause, um, and therefore it is unconstitutional. The reasoning. The court found that this did violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment because there was state action. And the way that they got to that is essentially saying that the state of Texas is delegating part of its powers to the Democratic Party when they're allowing them to run these primary elections. And so if they're going to run these primary elections, they cannot do they cannot exclude people based upon their race. That is in violation of the 14th Amendment. And even though they're a private party, what they're doing is conducting state business. And so they must conform their actions to the United States constitutional Constitution. rather. This is an about face, a complete about face from what the court did in Grovey just nine years earlier. And the court addresses this. It doesn't say, well, we're distinguishing on these facts, we're distinguishing on that. The court just straight, straight up says, we were wrong. We were wrong and we're not gonna to stick to a bad decision just because it was made and we're that beholden to precedent. If we're wrong, we're, on, we're gonna admit it, we're gonna call it out and we're gonna change what we did. And so the court within a very short period, only nine years, and I think that even that's unprecedented, where it completely reversed itself. Um, it reversed Grovey explicitly saying, we're just reversing that. Um, so, and it was a, Grovey was a unanimous decision. So almost just nine years later, the court, almost unanimously reversed itself. There was one dissenting voice, Justice Roberts, um, who was essentially like, we already decided this, we need to stick with precedent. So Dr. Smith ended up being awarded actually damages and was permitted to vote. And this case actually had a very narrow holding. It was too limited to the state of Texas, but other states kind of saw the handwriting on the wall and got rid of 
these all white primaries or these white primaries. So then that led to more black people being able to vote, more black people voting. I think like in this time period, in the late 1940s, you had like 700 to 800,000 black people registered to vote within a short period, like four years. By 1952, you had over a million black people registered to vote in the South. So, and that's why Thurgood Marshall's like, this was very important because it really paved the way um, to allow black people to engage in the political process. So why is this case important? Well, by way of recapping some of the voting cases that we looked at, we first had Gwen, which was about grandfather clauses and literacy tests. So you had the case where black people were held to a higher standard that white people didn't have to do. And then last week we had Gamillion where you had the city saying, okay, black people, you did everything you were supposed to do, but we're still going to just like draw you out of power. And that was in 1960. And then you had this case this week of Smith where you had the um, power structure saying, fine, we'll give you some nominal power, but we won't allow you to actually be able to participate in those voting, um, those elections that matter. And so what you see collectively, and these are just some of the cases that were going on and you still have stuff presently, but you see the creative ways in which the um, dominant, the white power structure has tried to keep black people and really non-white people in general, but particularly black people from voting, from participating in a fundamental democratic right that we have in this country. And so I think it should, it just goes to show you, okay, so they're doing different things to exclude black people, whether that's a literacy test, poll tax, uh, writing you out, or in this case today where we're saying, okay, fine, we're going to exclude you from the seats of power where it really matters. You're not going to be able to have a vote, a say, a voice in those elections that are really important. We'll exclude you in different ways. And I think that's important. And the reason, like I said earlier, why I wanted to do this is because of what's going on in the state of Florida. So just to give you a little background, the state of Florida um, recently passed, the, we the state, the citizens passed, um, I don't know if it was a constitutional or, or statute, that said, I think it was a constitutional amendment that said that felons, their right to vote was restored. That's what the people wanted. And then, of course, the legislator and the governor decided to sign legislation that essentially implemented a poll tax. And well, you can vote, but you must first um, pay all your court costs, which, of course, many of them can't pay their court costs. The 11th Circuit, which was formerly the 5th Circuit. Now, if you remember the 5th Circuit from last week was the one that said that that 28 side funky district that excluded black people was fine. And so... The 11th Circuit that comes from that, the legacy still holds. They're saying, hey, Florida, your law is fine. We're cool with it. And the United States Supreme Court saying, we're not going to hear it. And by the way, if you're wondering why, how does felons relate to black people and black and brown people? Well, black and brown people are disproportionately represented as felons. And if you want to know why, I have a great book for you. And I know I normally do this at the end, but I just want to put it right here. The New Jim Crow. This book explains why black and brown people are disproportionately represented um, uh, in the felon population and therefore excluded from voting. Um, if you're not a reader, because I recognize that's not everybody's story, so I understand, I get it, then you definitely want to check out the documentary 13 by director Ava DuVernay. She's great with this film. The film's great. It's the same thing, same, same great information that's here. Um, but it explains that. Therefore, I think Smith's important in light of what's going on in Florida and say, hey, this is nothing new. This is just more creative ways 
to do what they've been doing since the end of slavery, which is disenfranchise black people, keep them out of power, keep them out of elections that matter. And so therefore, I think, again, I just I have to keep saying it, we must become vigilant about this and say, no, we will not allow you to exclude black and brown people from the election because if we don't, then what's the point of all of this? Then what are we doing? We just were running a sham democracy. And I think that's what the court realized um, in Smith versus Allright is the case here that in order to have a, a legitimate constitutional democracy, everyone, all citizens must have the right to vote. Which brings me to the second reason why I think this case is important. As I mentioned before, the court did a complete about face in about nine years, which is unheard of. And you have to wonder, well, what happened between 1935 to 1944 that would cause this to change? Um, and it highlights the point that what goes on in the culture affects what goes on in the courts. And I know in school we're taught that the court is this neutral body and they just read things objectively and rule based upon the law. That's not true. They are listening to what's going on in the culture and they will respond to what's going on. And, and with the case of Smith, um, a big factor was World War II and you had America fighting Hitler and the fascists and we're saying democracy is great, and yet you have black people who are being disenfranchised. It's a smear on, on the American reputation. And I think the court was aware of that and saying, we can't say that we're about democracy, but we're intentionally excluding black people. Um, so we have to do something. This isn't right. We can't just turn a blind eye to what's going on um, here. And so I think the same thing is important when we're thinking about moving forward and how we're going to address certain issues. Realize that even though the courts claim to be neutral, what is happening in the environment impacts how the court rules. And so we must, I think the court is a place where we also must put pressure on to say, hey, you could have ruled Supreme Court on the qualified immunity case, but you decided not to. You could have ruled on the Florida uh, felon in the poll tax case, but you decided not to why not you are you also are being a part of the problem so again it's important that what happens in the culture affects what happens on the courts and therefore affects the rights of other people so we must also put pressure there i think that's important if you would like to know more about this subject one i will recommend again the new jim crow by michelle alexander it's a fabulous book it's one of those books that i was like this is my life how do you know another one it's, I mentioned this one before by Lawrence Goldstone. It's just generally speaking about the ways in which black people have been disenfranchised. And so it's a history. Smith versus um, Allwright is briefly mentioned here, but it's talking, going back to reconstruction more so. So this is also just another great reference book to have about voter suppression. If you like this video, please be sure to hit the like button below. Please be sure to like my Facebook pages, Palookie's World Productions. I'm also on Instagram at Palookie's World, Twitter, Palookie's World. I am on YouTube, it's just Brooke Girly. I also have a blog, PalookiesWorld.com. Go there, subscribe, and you'll never miss a video or article I post. You'll get it as soon as it's released. Thank you all again for watching. Really appreciate the support. Love you all so much. Take care and God bless. To watch the video series that inspired this podcast, head over to my blog, PalookiesWorld.com, and make sure you subscribe. For more information on this series, like how do you spell Baluki, please check out the show notes. Finally, 
please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode.